Andrew McKenna said it to, to us yesterday. It's going to be absolutely banging, and we agree. 8 a.m. Sunday morning, our time. You'll hear the live commentary here on SENZ. It's Ireland and South Africa locking horns and arguably the most anticipated pool play encounter. The defending champions have uh, typically managed to catch some sideways looks with their unique way of operating, but we'd be ready for a physical duel against the Irish who have innovated brilliantly over the last few years to hold a formidable record of form. Bernard Jackman is a former Irish international. He's top analyst uh, in the game, working for RTE, amongst others. And it's a pleasure to welcome him back to the show this morning. Uh, good evening to you, Bernard, your time. And I, I just wonder, uh, we're sort of halfway through pool play, uh, just looking at Ireland's performances. Uh, are you pretty satisfied with where they're at? Yeah, look, I think we've started well. Obviously, we don't have a great record in um, in World Cups, never getting past the quarterfinal. But when I look back at some previous World Cups, we often fail to hit our straps or get any momentum against the so-called minnows. And Andy Farrell, the Irish coach, has went strong in terms of selection against Romania and Tonga. And we, yeah, we had no difficulties, uh, as you wouldn't expect. But um, it was important for us, scoring lots of tries, getting good confidence and not picking up any injuries. And, uh, we're going into this game on Saturday with nearly a full squad available, which is is rare in, in modern rugby. So no, we're we're looking forward to it. We we admire the box um, incredibly, but uh, we also hope that we have um, some shots to fire as well. Okay, so the importance of this from Ireland's point of view. I mean, uh, you, you can only do what you can do in terms of your own pool play. But would at this stage, would Ireland have a preference who they'd rather play in a quarter final? Guy, this is crazy. I was talking to someone that I really respect their opinion and they said that today, and they said if in 2013 you had said, oh, we'd prefer to play New Zealand in a quarter final, um, you would have you would have had your head um, taken off. But that's actually the kind of feeling, which is madness, really. Um, uh, but it's probably because of the fact that we went down there last year and won twice. And um, I think home advantage for France uh, is something that we we think could could drive them on. But there's very little difference between either teams. I think the biggest issue is not whether we finish first or second and who we play. It's the damage to morale that losing to South Africa could do to Ireland. So we've won 15 matches in a row. Um, we're on a good run. We're ranked one in the world. And to lose to a South African team who are without Malcolm Marks, Lucano Am. Uh, Lou Diager, etc., who've gone seven-one uh, on terms of the bench. I think that could be a fatal blow to us in terms of confidence. Whereas, I think we could beat the box on on Saturday, but the Springboks could still win the World Cup. I, I think if if we lose Saturday, even though we won't be out, I think um, that could have a massive effect on us mentally. So, I think it's really important that we we get a win on Saturday. But um, as you know. Playing teams like the All Black or the the Box in in World Cups, um, it's not easy. The seven one splits a risk. We all, we we all acknowledge that. I mean, you lose a couple of backs early in the game, then you're in you know you're in deep stuck there. Uh, but uh, we've seen it. It worked against New Zealand because the ability at the, about the fifty minute mark to run on seven fresh forwards uh, is something that's pretty damn hard to counter. How do you think Ireland will go about that? No, well, Ireland won't change. Ireland will go five three. Um, and they'll put massive focus. I think against New Zealand, it was the first time it ever happened. They claim it was an injury in the warm to Woody LaRue. And in fairness, when they brought on those seven subs, the score was 21-0, and I think New Zealand had a red card. So the game was pretty much done. 
But to do it now in a in a in a in a World Cup game against another tier one team, I think it's Razzie Erasmus. You know, kind of shown the power they have, and I think the Irish four pack will take this as a as a big challenge and and look to make sure that they can outwork and, and outlast that Springbok team. The, the, it's a it's a different type of dynamic without Malcolm Marks and and Diager. Um, you know their, their scrum won't be as good. The way it was probably designed, or when they go six two, it's designed to really go after you the last twenty minutes at scrum time. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, their backup hooker is a guy called Dion Fury, a much smaller guy than Mombi or or Mark. So I don't think their scrum will be as good. But the problem is now is that you can look at the squad and the, the team they'll have for the last 15-20 minutes with uh, Van Sta- Van Staden. Uh, with Dion Fury, with Quagga Smith, they'll have three or four really good jackal threats. And ironically, it's the last quarter when Ireland tend to score the most points. So it may not be the typical bomb squad scrum power, but it may mm. be uh, at the breakdown where they have an edge. And uh, it's going to be fascinating. I mean, as you said, the risk is big. They're they're playing this car- uh, their hand. You know, we obviously will hope that it plays into our into our hand uh, on the night, but I, I think it's fascinating, and uh, I, I mean, I mean, I was already excited to see this game, but now I'm even more mm. excited. So, okay, um, given the fact that they'll get, say, they they get a fair share of ball, how do you think South Africa are going to uh, attack Ireland? Do you think it's going to be an aerial kick and chase assault mainly? Yeah, absolutely. I I know they've they racked up a big score against Romania, but their game is is based around defense set piece and kicking game and i don't see them going away from that um it's really our attack against their defense that's the um that's the battle for me our attack has come on leaps and bounds it's very different than the scottish attack which south africa ripped apart um and it's very reliant on johnny sexton who at 30 years eight years of age is is probably as important to ireland as any player's ever been um, but his ability to get a feel for what South Africa are doing defensively, to put people into holes, um, to manage the game. Because ironically, we're going to have to kick more in this game than we normally would like to because you don't want to give them energy by getting caught behind the game line. So, And you know, we've got to deal with the high threats that they put on top of us from Fafta Clerk or Manny Libok, but also the ones that we send in their direction. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a battle that'll be won in the air more so than on the ground. Um but it, it, it promises to be so keenly contested. And we, we played them in November uh, in, in the Viva in Dublin, and we won you know, by, by five or six points, but there was nothing in it. Um, and I think it'll be the same this weekend. So in terms of uh, well, South Africa played their hand very very early on in the week, uh, which is quite rare in itself. But yeah. uh, Andy Farrell, he'll, he'll go back to what, Gibson Park, Sexton, Aki, Ringrose, yes. Lowe, Hanson, Keenan. That'll be his combination? Yeah, yeah. So we we we've gone quite strong, but he, he Gibson Park will come in for Conor Murray. There's a question mark around Dan Sheen, our first choice hooker. He's due to be fit to play. Whether we start him or bring him on the bench, I think we will. Um, and then the, it'll be probably tried and trusted. You know, Josh Van der Fleer, World Player of the Year. Um, Caelan Doris, Peter Mahoney, James Ryan, Tyke Byrne, Andrew Porter, and and Tyke Furlong, and. Uh, so we, we do we do have a settled first choice fifteen. The worry I would have is is we're very reliant on those first choice fifteen sixteen. We don't have the depth of other teams, and um, 
you know, if we were to go a little bit further into this competition, just with the attritional rate of, of modern rugby, um, we may not have the backup that other teams do. But look, at, at the moment, we have them all fit, and um, we're hoping that they can put a, a big scalp down. I think the rugby world's been waiting for this since it first appeared on the the calendar, actually, to be fair. Uh, just uh, looking at, from an overall perspective, Bernard, love your opinion on the officiating at this point in this Rugby World Cup. Um, have you noticed any any trends that uh, are slightly different this time? Are they focusing on any particular area? I mean, have they been too harsh um, w- with some of their decisions, their cards? I think the, the, the trend has been that it's been very poor. Uh, to be honest, um, getting a lot of decisions, um, I would say they're trying to make decisions fast, um, but I don't necessarily believe they're making the right decisions. As a as a pundit, as a viewer, every time we see a head contact, we've well, I certainly don't have any real strong sense of belief that my opinion is is gonna is gonna be correct, um, uh, and whether that's in the bunker, whether that's you know, the TMO or whether it's the referee making a decision. There's so many factors um, that are being looked at and it's not being consistent. So that's the big thing um, for me. And I think they're under such pressure to keep the ball and play time high um, that they nearly just want the game to keep going. Um, and because I met, do you remember the New Zealand South Africa match in, in, in Twickenham? All the talk was about how long the game was, how boring it was. It seems to be because that was the last big game before the World Cup that that's the thing that they've tried to bring through. So, as a pundit being there in the stadium, we're not getting good um, uh, replays. The people in the stadium aren't getting good replays. A lot of us people watching at home aren't getting good replays, and that's not what the game is about either. So uh, I know they're trying to protect the referees, but I think that um, the information needs to be shared so we can actually see, you know, what the what the right officiating is, and we can adapt to it. Whereas I think at the moment it's still quite inconsistent. Bernard, um, Eddie Jones has been under assault, really uh, verbal assault on this part of the of the world. We're enjoying it. But uh, some of his Australian former teammates, etc., are into him big time. What have you made of Eddie yeah. Jones? Look, at Eddie's a, a fascinating character. I got to know him a little bit when I was coaching in France. He used to come down and spend some time with Jake White and Montpellier. And um, I've been to a few coaching conferences. Uh, I always believed that he's a very smart coach. Um, but I wonder now, is he trying to reinvent the game you know, too often. And is he giving his players the the right message? I mean, the way it ended with England, uh, their performances for pretty much two years were were very poor. And now he's gone to uh, back to Australia and some of the selection, I think, okay, I know he wants to build for a Lions tour, but um, has he equipped his team to get the best possible result in, in, uh, in France? I'm not sure. Three sports psychologists with the team, I mean, like who needs three sports psychologists? Maybe if you're coached by Eddie, you do. But um, and his backroom staff, you know, he's had 19 different assistant coaches since the last World Cup between England and Australia. Um, that's not a good sign when people don't want to stay there, and 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 especially when I mean, like you're giving up on going to a World Cup, which are with most for most of them is their country at their birth. So um, maybe he's gone too far. Uh, hit the game on Saturday against Sunday against Wales. Warren Gatlin versus. Eddie Jones, I mean, two of the the biggest names in world rugby. Whoever loses that would probably miss out on qualification. 
Um, and for for a Wales, I know they haven't been great in the last year or two, but the semi-finals last World Cup should have beaten South Africa actually in Japan. Um, and Australia, you know, former winners. For one of those to miss out on the quarterfinal um, would be a massive blow to to the rugby in their country. So it's the pressure. I mean, look at South Africa Ireland should be a fascinating game, and probably both teams will qualify anyway. But Australia Wales on Sunday. Um, that's that probably has more uh, 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 hanging over it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, have have Fiji been a, a, a great story for you, or did you expect this kind yeah. of power from them? Because yeah, look, there, I, there are a lot I of Fijians up there, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. Look, I think look, they've got great players. They've got some of the best and highest paid players in the world, um, and they don't have to. They play abroad, so it doesn't cost um, as much money to the Fiji Rugby Union as it does to keep the best All Blacks or the best Irish in Ireland, etc. So um, that probably even things up a little bit because they obviously don't have the infrastructure or the or the money. Um, but they're in a good they're in a good group in that you know the two big names in that group, Australia and Wales, aren't anything like they were before. I think it's amazing. Simon Rao Louis is a guy I got to know well in France. Their head coach. It's the first time in a long time they've had a Fijian as a head coach, but a Fijian who's been around the world who understands. Um, the importance of a game plan, but yes, allows them, I suppose, um, tap into. It was funny actually. Simon Rowley was asked about Eddie Jones and a street sports psychologist, and he and he said they can't afford one, but they have a reverend because for the Fijians, it's um, it's faith and family, and you know they're getting that balance right between faith, family, and and tactics. And uh, I think they'll get better because I thought against Australia, they're under so much pressure to win the game because of what happened against Wales. Now they've won that, I think they'll qualify. In a quarterfinal, the pressure will be off and they can just open up. And if they open up, I mean, they could do damage to anybody. So uh, they are, like, look, at this side of the world, everyone loves Fiji because of the way they played the game in in the past. They actually haven't. They, they were good against Wales, to be fair. But, uh, but against Australia, they were quite... Um, Quite pragmatic, but uh, I, I think I think now the pressure's off them a little bit. They could be so exciting to watch. So uh, at this point, in have you have you got a favourite? Have you got? Uh, can you narrow it down to one or two? Three: France, Ireland, South Africa. France, Ireland, South Africa. Good on you, Bernard. Absolutely fantastic yeah. to catch up with you. Love your point of view, man. Thanks, guys. Uh, enjoy the re- enjoy Bye-bye. the rest of the tournament, and and uh, we look forward to to Sunday uh, our time with Relish. Cheers, Bernard.